I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back with more of the Scores Post Game Show with Mully from the Mully and Haw Show and former Bears long-snapping Ironman Patrick Manley on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Presented by MailMedChicago.com, where a full head of hair scores every time. Yes, indeed, it's the postgame show, and we have Patrick Manley. I am Mully, and we are sponsored by MailMedChicago.com, where a full head of hair scores every time. And uh, and we have a lot of people who want to check in, Patrick. I think we should uh, uh, stick to it and uh, and make sure that we're paying attention to everybody that has something to say. It is, you know, here's the problem, I think, that um, any – any kind of opinion you have at this point, you've got a reason for it, and you've got mm-hmm. a um, probably a pretty straightforward reason that uh, the Bears have let you down, or you don't feel like they have done exactly what you need them to do. And I, you know, my heart goes out to to the fans because I think it's really difficult to kind of take it from that perspective. It's tough. All right, let's get to Mike. Mike is in Rockford. And Mike wants to talk about play calling. And Mike. Yes. Hello, guys. Uh, I'm just disgusted with it. I think the Bears, they won the first quarter. At half, they were only down by three points. The Bears got away from themselves. But, you know, I don't know what Justin Fields is. We, we don't know what he's going to be. We don't know if he's going to be a bust or if he's going to be a quarterback. We'll, we'll find out. But he's making rookie mistakes. But I'll tell you what, I played high school football. And my best friend was the quarterback. You learn in peewee football and and you learn in high school football the simple fundamentals of football. When you're being chased, you throw that ball away. He doesn't have this common sense. That's football fundamentals. You throw that ball away and you don't take the sack. You know, and he knew he was being chased a couple of times. I saw it. And he's making throws, but I agree with the other caller earlier. He said he's these overthrown guys. Guys got to leap up in the air, and they put themselves out there for injury when you do that. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of things, but we'll find out. But they're not rolling him out of the pocket enough. He's, he's still staying stationary in the pocket. Once the pocket starts to collapse, that's when he's running for his life. And this is, this is just totally normal for the Bears offense. This is what we're watching, and it's disgusting. And I'll tell you something, too, that bothers me is we're talking about Ryan Pace here. And this guy has given away more draft picks in five years than, than the last GMs over the last three GMs combined. And I'll tell you what, it's disgusting to watch it because they don't have many picks next year. And we need players. We need bodies. We have a decimated secondary. I mean, we don't really, we don't, I mean, we don't have that many good players on the secondary. We got a good front four. Our linebackers are good. But they're going to need, on the offseason, they're going to need help in the secondary. They're going to need, you know, they're going to need offensive linemen. We don't know if this kid from Oklahoma State's going to be any good if he comes back from his injury. Back surgery is a serious thing. Um, you guys, this, this is bad. And just when the window's closing for the defense, maybe the offense will start sparking. But it's, they're never going to have this together because it's the McCaskey's curse, guys. I'll hang up and listen, and thanks for taking the call. <laughs> thanks, Mike. I, you know, I don't know if the curse is on the McCaskey's. I you know, I think there is there's legitimate fear that as the Bears get um, more capable offensively, they're going to fall apart on defense because of the age of the group and uh, mm-hmm. and the the numbers they're making and all that. I I don't doubt that, but I I actually thought this wasn't as bad a game as people are making it out to be. The Bears were in this game for a while, and they were yeah. in the game. You know, early you thought they could. I you know the thing that came out to me, Pat. 
Can you believe how bad Green Bay is in the red zone? I mean, I know that statistic that was there, but goodness gracious, this is not this is the they are miles from being a championship team if all you got to do is get in the red zone and they're going to like roll out the red carpet to the end zone. Yeah, I, yeah, there's some there's some deficiencies with this Green Bay team and that's why when I made the pick with my heart, I was hoping that the Bears could win, but they're still too good on offense and then the Bears right now with the injuries they have and playing a rookie quarterback against those guys are just are not, are not good enough. They got to play a perfect game and get the get the uh, got to get the takeaways. But back to Mike's point about learning to throw it away for Justin Fields. Listen, in college, he could do that all day, right? He could run around everywhere, nobody could catch him. So again, to the point of people saying, should you play Justin Fields or let him learn in practice? I love him out there in this game speed and realizing that these DNs are just as fast as those college linebackers and safeties. Like you can't put the same moves on those guys. When you escape the pocket, you're still going to, they're going to click your heels. They're going to knock you down. So yes, he needs to learn to throw it away. There's no doubt about it. And I enjoy that Mike, I'll say it with the uh, texture here said, man, I love hearing from the guys that were all stars in high school. I didn't say it. The texture said, so <laughs> taking what he's saying is <clears throat> using his advice. And I agree with the advice. He does need to learn to throw it away. But also I think this is something while he's playing in these NFL games, he's going to learn that he's going to learn it out on the field because in college we saw him at Ohio state. He could run everywhere. Nobody was getting. So he's learning now. He can't do that. Well, I, I don't remember what you said earlier today, but I think, didn't you say you were faster than uh, that? You were like the best wide receiver other than uh, the kid from uh, Calvin Johnson. No, that was Sean McVay. Oh no, that was you. It was. was, No, no. But Sean McVay won the Georgia High School Player of the Year over Calvin Johnson, their senior yeah. high school. That's insane what, what, to me. What did McVay play? Quarterback. He was awesome. He ran the wishbone. Okay. And did used that really? brain running the wishbone, the triple option, read all the defenses, and had all the right calls and all that kind did of stuff. Did he have that memory? He has like a uh, photographic he memory. He can rattle he off everything. Okay. He does. I, I bet he'd remember the voting total of that uh, victory. <laughs> Probably, <man>. right? <laughs> Let's get to Dan. Dan is in DeKalb. Hey, what up, guys? Okay, first and foremost, this was a thorough loss. There's, like, no blaming the referees. The only thing that really bothered me was that helmet-to-helmet on Justin. Yeah. And, and uh, honestly, my sorry, my little guy let me know the sky score here. Um, <laughs> honestly, my biggest – Perfect. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's not even what I'm talking to. Anyway, my biggest problem was that I still own you coming. Man, win with class, dude. If you're a Hall of Fame quarterback – and you're beating up the Bears. You've done it your whole life. Talk to me after you win the Super Bowl. Don't tell me about your miserable failures every year in the NFC Championship. It doesn't matter. Next year, he's gone anyways. Because he's like that. He's a selfish dude. He's, he, he may own us, but he disowned his family. That's what I think about that. Wow. I'm like, like taking my time right now to talk trash to him, you know? Like, like I'm watching that, and I'm like, he's classic. Let me ask you a question real quick. Let me ask you a question real quick. And then you can ask your, your son or daughter. I'm not sure who that is. But ask him this. If Justin Fields owned the Packers for 20 years, would you have a problem if he said that? Yes, I would. When my, my man Justin's going to be classy because I can see it right now. When I tell my kids hard work like that. I'm like, that, that, that's a hard thing to come by. And, and being humble, you got to know when to take your W and be a good sport. I'm like, I'm like – Let's let's run down through some of the quarterbacks who have one. Look, Tom Brady may be a little arrogant, but he's never like that kind of trash talking, whatever. And I'm like, oh, and I can't, come on now. I can't help oh, that's, yeah. no, 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 Tom no, Brady's one of the fair. best in the whole business. Yeah. He Dad, just does I it a little like differently. I didn't like that either, but but come on, man. But I if mean, it was Justin Fields, I mean, if we did it for if he did it for 15 years, I would be, I'd have I'd his have back. No he's my teammate. I've got his back. I mean, that's what drives. That's what makes me a little more angry because he's been doing it to us so long. And I honestly don't have a problem. I mean, it was, it was harmless. It's just words. He just screamed into the crowd. I mean, I, to, then do something about it. That's something that should be done in the future. And maybe if he's still a Green Bay Packer and wearing that, that, uh, that ugly uniform, maybe they can do something in the future. The and the sky up. are winning, in case you're wondering. Oh, uh, the sky is up four with like a, less than a minute left. Oh, nice. And that, that would be a championship, wouldn't it? Isn't that the WNBA? They would win the yes. title if they can I think so. keep that going. That's pretty cool. Somebody Good will correct them. us. Somebody needs to win. Yes. Right? Yes. Let's get <laughs> Let's get a champion, another championship in this town. Let's get to George. He's in River Grove. Hey, George. Hey, Molly. How are you? Good. Good to hear from you. 
How you been? I live the dream. I say that all the time. And people You're think, living the dream. That's it. I'm so jealous. I hate you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you're, living, you. you're living my life, Mully. <laughs> okay. So what's new? Well, I think the Bears lost a game, George. What uh, What's new? I, You know, I guess you're right. There's nothing new. It's just sort of Bears-Packers. The Packers again, yeah. 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 So uh, here, here's what I have to say. When the, if and when the Bears ever end up in the Super Bowl again, there will be no Matt Nagy. There will be no – half of the team will be gone. Three-quarters of the team will be gone. Justin Fields will be a 10-year veteran. And wonderful. Well, that that's a that's a nice prediction, George. I think we could live with that, couldn't we, Patrick? If we were told now that you've got to go through whatever to get to a Super Bowl, but he's going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, I think you'd feel pretty good about it. I'll take the Super Bowl winning quarterback, but I'm going to speed up that clock. I don't want ten years. Give me like year four or five, and then like year seven and eight, and then ten. <laughs> Yeah, so let's, you're let's saying speed up that clock and see if we can get him in there, like you know some of these other quarterbacks that seem to go, like Roethlisberger. Every year, you know, guys are getting in yes. there right around there every year. So let's so, get to that point. So get to Arlington Heights sooner, so there's more <laughs> there money go. to spend. There you go. Right, right. <laughs> if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, okay. So so listen, I, you know, I I understand the frustration that people have with with Aaron Rodgers dominating the Bears. I also think you can't really be surprised by it. And I didn't feel like he dominated the game. I thought that they came out understanding that they were a bit overwhelmed by the Bears' pass rush. And so they tried to establish the running game, which they did. They may have surprised the Bears a little bit with that running game. But the fact of the matter is that this was hardly one of those Green Bay uh, Aaron Rodgers just tearing the Bears' hairs, uh, tearing their heart out. This was more of a game where they had to play – much more complete a football game than they usually have to. Yeah, I, I thought their their game plan was kind of shocking. The final numbers, they ran the ball 31 times. That's including seven times for Aaron Rodgers for 154 yards. And then only threw the ball 23 times. But typical Aaron Rodgers fashion, he only misses five of them. He's 17 for 23 for, wow. what do you go, for 195 yards. You take the sack yards out, 169 yards. But that's not the game plan I thought that was going to happen. But I will say this. Only four receptions for Devontae Adams. I thought overall they played a decent game covering him. Not everybody else. Yeah, they gave some big plays away. There was one I do want to go back and look at. And we talked about this in the free game as well. The miscommunication in the secondary. It looked like Jalen Johnson had him in the slot and was passing him off to the safety, which was Eddie Jackson on that side, and he wasn't there. And that's the big play he made, and that's the one where Eddie Jackson hit him and almost didn't knock him out of bounds. So they're still having those issues. I don't know if you take that play out. Does it change the game? No, but you can't have those issues when you're playing against teams like like, like the Green Bay Packers with a, with a receiver like Adams and Rodgers. But um, I, I credit Matt LaFleur for coming out for that game plan because I do wonder if, if Sean Desai was not expecting a, a heavy dose of run. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, thought, I thought that Eddie was kind of – I thought that that failure to bring him down, and he hit him. Mm-hmm. But he didn't hit him hard enough, to yeah. be honest with you. But I thought, oh, my God, that broken tackle, that play led to a touchdown. And then they, yep. they realized, no, he stepped out of bounds. So we hit him hard enough to knock him out of bounds at the 22. But that ended up being the drive that won the game. Mm-hmm. So it, it was obvious that, that, the, that, that the corner was handing him off to the safety and the safety, for whatever reason, didn't understand that or wasn't there in time. And uh, and he caught the ball and then took the hit. So it's good that he didn't that that wasn't the game deciding touchdown, but it might have been the game deciding play. Yeah, it could have been. And then I know they ask Eddie Jackson to do a lot of stuff in that back end. He has a lot of stuff. He covers a lot of ground. Has to read a lot of things. But the other thing is, Mully, they paid him a lot of money. When you get paid a lot of money, you're supposed to be able to do those things, and he's not doing those things. The tackle on the goal line when he got run over by was it Lazard or whoever they did the yeah. shovel to? Yeah, he got run over there. You would hope that maybe. He might score because there's a pretty wide open hole, but don't end up on your back. You know, I, those are just things that I, I don't like seeing in Eddie Jackson, that you're getting paid all this money to be this superstar and be this great player, and they're putting you in all these difficult positions, but you're supposed to make these plays and do the right thing. 
you know, one of the things that I learned very early as a sports writer is this idea that that you know when you are paid, you know your your expectation mm-hmm. is driven by one of two things: the investment that the franchise made to get you, or the investment that they made in you. So if you're a first-round draft pick, more is expected. I'm talking about all professional sports. Yes. If you are a guy that they traded a first-round draft pick for plus, more mm-hmm. is expected from you. And if you are a guy that is paid in the fashion which Eddie is, more is expected of you. It's that simple. Yes. So your, you, your job is strictly to live up to the expectation of the money slash investment put upon you. And when you don't do that, Unfortunately, you're letting down not you know you're letting down the organization, you're letting down the team, your teammates. It it is a zero sum game. There's only so much money that goes on the table. So when you get paid, you better be able to do your job commensurate to the amount of money you make. Oh, there's no doubt. And then it's just when guys get paid in the locker room, that target gets bigger on their back, and that expectation gets bigger, and that comes from teammates as well. And I understand what you're saying as a media member and fans should feel the same way. That you 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 play your you play your ass off to get paid, right? You want to get right. you play to win, right? That's number one. But you also want to get paid, and to get paid, that means you're a good player. That means you're a better player. There should be more put on your plate. You should be able to produce, and it's just not happening since he's been paid. We have not seen that same level of Eddie Jackson, and that's 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 not good enough. Why do you think that is? Do you, do you buy this idea that that somehow when you make certain money you you lose um, some of your uh, impetus? Or is it more like you protect yourself more and you don't do the things that, that you, you know, you don't lay out in the way you did yeah. when you were getting paid? What, how, what, what, from your experience, what, what do you think it is? I've seen it go two ways. I've seen it go three ways. One way is you get all that money. You understand that expectation as a teammate. You go out there and you bust your butt to really actually earn that money. Two, you just kind of stay the same player. You never, you just get paid for what you're worth. You do what you do and nothing comes bigger or grander. Some other times I see some guys change their lifestyle, and a lifestyle change can cause a problem. It can cause a big problem for you. Mm. You know, you're staying out a little late. You're not studying as much. Um, you're just doing something a little bit later one night, or you're not spending that extra time in the playbook. You, you know, whatever it is. And I'm not saying Eddie's doing that, but I've seen players do that, and that's some reason right. sometimes why their play drops off. And then other times too, you got to admit, general managers miss. They pay the wrong person. You know, I, sometimes see, they pay the wrong person. Patrick, that that. That defies reality to me. That That is – I don't understand that. You know, the one thing that a team has with its own free agent that other teams don't have is information. Mm-hmm. And I think that you should know who the guys are that will compete to, to the death and who the guys are that are, you know, well, kind of they're into it, but they're not really into it. I think you should use that information and pay accordingly. And I, I never understand it when, when a, a team – pays its own guy and is wrong yeah I, I that that's that's another knock on ryan pace yeah and if yeah. this is continues with eddie jackson with this play he's had some decent moments this year but if it continues to be this this play that's not as good as what he was when he got paid that's another thing on ryan pace that's that's another knock on him let's get to joe joe is listening in washington dc a lot of good bear fans in dc hey joe Hey guys, how's it going? And yeah, we got we have a good crowd out here, so I appreciate this, uh, that uh, a little bit. But uh, I love listening to you guys. Reminds me of home. So keep up the great work. Um, just a couple things. I'll be uh, through them as quick, quickly as I can. Um, so first and foremost, if if it were me, and I got it, who cares really what my opinion is? But I would ensure that everybody, especially the defense, have I still own you with a picture of, with a graphic of Aaron Rodgers pasted on their locker. I know he's uh, dogging the fans. He's not necessarily going after the uh, any individual players or set of players directly, but you know that definitely gets to the heart of the Bears-Packers rivalry and the fact that yeah, if you are especially for the guys who've been on the team for a while, I mean that just that doesn't speak volumes to the problems. Then, then I, I don't know what will. And I'm not saying these guys aren't working hard on a daily basis, weekly basis, whatever it is. But, you know, that I really hope that whenever the Netflix documentary of whatever next Bears championship team is, you know, there's some sort of uh, uh, reference to this and maybe as a turning point. I don't know well, what, what your take uh, is on that. Um, but I guess the question I really have for you guys is, so 
you said earlier that this is uh, possibly an, an evaluation on the the uh, the uh, management and the coaching to ownership. But at the same time, you're also saying that this game was not necessarily the worst way they have lost, the worst way they could have lost. They hung in there. Um, so if that's the case, you know, what, what are you, if, if you're the coach in management, what are you telling the ownership? Like what, what do we, what, what do we need to keep to, to get this thing over the hill? Uh, I wonder what your take is on that. And finally, uh, what are you, uh, either you guys or what are you guys going on uh, Jay Cutler's new, uh, new podcast? Uh, <laughs> That'll be probably never. <laughs> oh, that's great, Joe. Yeah. yeah well, I, well, he's not coming it. for me, Pat. I'm sure you've got <laughs> you an opportunity. Know. You never know. Um, let me take the thing about the ownership. You yeah. know what? I, I understand what he's saying. I kind of spoke out of both sides of my mouth there, but I'm thinking saying you're taking this in the overall evaluation of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Okay. Yeah. There were some good things in the game and you're trying to still develop Justin Fields, but that's not the, the, the only reason or the only thing you're using to evaluate Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. You've got to look at all the years they've been here. Are they growing? Have they grown? Can they beat the Packers? That's just one thing I've got to put in that evaluation that you're still not beating the Packers, you're still losing by 10 points, you're getting beat at home, that can't happen. So that goes in the overall evaluation. And Joe, you mentioned the I still own you stuff. This is what what, what kind of irks me a lot about it, is that he's a quarterback in the NFL. He could run his mouth all he wants and nobody gets to hit him. If you hit him too hard, it's a penalty, right? He knows that. Yeah. So what yeah. can really be done? If Khalil Mack had a clean shot and hit him, he could hit him too hard, they'd probably throw a flag. So right. a guy like that, a quarterback, you can run your mouth all you want because you go out on that field, they can't touch you, and nobody's going to touch you. They won't, they won't let you touch Aaron Rodgers. That makes it even worse. But the other thing is, him about owning us, we need to get all the Bears fans to go buy some Packers stock. Maybe we can own them that way. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is available for sale. Yeah, I know. Is we it need... like a free dumb we... stock they have that says you're yeah. the owner of that team? Yeah. Yeah, we need a billionaire Chicago person yeah. to buy that team. And just Maybe the next ownership just buys all their, their fake stock. I love it. We could go at them that way. We got yeah. more money. We're in a bigger town. <laughs> All right. We have a museum, so why don't you go rot? All right. We'll be back with your calls. 312-644-6767. It is the postgame show. It's Molly and Patrick Manley on the score. When we were able to get into a rhythm, uh, you could you could see um, it, it was good for everybody to be able to finish with touchdowns and be able to have an opportunity there, uh, 17 to 14, with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I thought it was a great drive by the offense to get down there and, and get that touchdown and and uh, and put ourselves in position. And then you know they went on that seven play, 75 yard uh, drive for a touchdown. And and so um, you know we have a lot to learn from this game. Uh, I think that uh, collectively, as a as in all three phases, just just understanding how we can work together and how we need to be better we knew going into it that this is a quarterback and Rodgers that doesn't give you the ball very much so you got to you know protect the football and try to win that turnover battle and we lost that today um, and so again uh, we, we got to use this to be able to learn we're back with more of the scores post game show with Mully from the Mully and Haw show and former Bears long snapping Iron Man Patrick Manley on Sports Radio 670 The Score, presented by MailMedChicago.com, where a full head of hair scores every time. All right, we're back on the post game. That's Matt Maggie. That that's a weak excuse if uh, if turnovers had anything to do with it. Wasn't that the only turnover? That yeah. the Bears made, it was effectively like a punt. A but punt. Yeah. Okay, well, all right. You lost the turnover battle. I, I guess maybe he's saying they needed more uh, uh, takeaways. Maybe that's what he meant. Um, Pat, we have breaking news. Breaking news on the score is brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo privacy simplified. The Chicago Sky are indeed the 2021 WNBA champions. It's awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Let's start I a run, can... right? Let's get the championships going, <laughs> going back to Chicago. I thought it would start with the White Sox, but that I kind did of too. fell apart. I thought yeah. we'd get two of them this year and move move forward from that. Okay. But, All right. yeah. but congratulations, Pulse. Scott. That's awesome. Really great. Yeah, that's great. That's good to hear. All right. We've got uh, a lot of people that want to check in. We should let you know the score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. 312-644-6767. Nick is in Belvedere. Nick, good morning. How are you? 
And by morning, I mean afternoon. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. It's, uh, it's Sunday, so you kind of lose track. But um, So, yeah, I, I called about Eddie Jackson. You know, I waited in line for an hour to call. And, you know, for three years I've been ranting about this guy and how he's a liability to the salary cap and to the secondary. And you guys said just about everything I wanted to say when you talked about him ten minutes ago. Um, I mean, when you watch him tackle, it's just he does this thing where he throws his shoulder at the, the ball carrier and he kind of just goes, eh, and then, you know, maybe he breaks it off for another 10 yards. Maybe he just dives in front of them and does a barrel roll like a little kid. Um, he really doesn't like getting tackled. And today with Lazard on the touchdown run, he met him at the goal line and he just met him with no force and he got driven backwards. And it, it's not just this game. I mean, it happens, we're talking three, four times a game where, He'll get driven and dragged for 7 to 15 yards. It happens game in, game out. And, I mean, it's at what point do you look at Deion Bush and say, maybe we go with this guy? Nick, yeah, well, thank you I'm, for putting that yeah. in my head. Wait, Every can you make I that noise again? Are you, still on the, yeah. are you still on the line? What, was, said, that, what was that noise he makes eh, when he tackles? Eh. He goes, he goes, eh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's bad. But it's – I don't know if he goes, eh, but it looks like that. You're right. I mean, he needs to wrap up. He needs to learn how to wrap up. And here's another thing. When they're in meetings tomorrow and they show that clip of him coming up on the goal line and making that tackle, those are one of those moments that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to watch that in front of your teammate. Those are ones your head's down. You're asking that coach to fast forward that play. But the problem is there's 10 other guys that need to be evaluated on that play if they're doing it full defensively. But if they're doing a DBs, then they got to do watch it three or four or five times. You watch that over and over in front of your teammates, that's embarrassing. It, it's, it's not a good feeling when you make a mistake like that or get blown up like that. Uh, it, 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 it calls yourself out, and that's, that's just no fun. I mean, that's, that's not going to be a fun thing for him to watch tomorrow morning. Do, do you believe that the Bears learned a lot in that game, Patrick? I mean, when you look mm. at the way they lost, and you know, I think we, mm. we're talking about some of the things we've seen previously, but – there are some things you learn from it, but is that a is that a tape that you're going to learn much from? Uh, you learn from every tape, you do. But I think the number one person that's going to learn it is number one, Justin Fields. I think that's the most important guy to to learn from his mistakes of not getting the motion going. Maybe I don't know if he called the timeout in time or did they not pump the clock or whatever. But he needs to be aware of all that stuff. Right. He needs to be situation situationally aware with with the halftime situation, taking the sacks and and then the ones at the end of the game the interception. So he will learn a lot, but yes, you learn in every game. You have to be extremely critical of yourself. You have to allow the coach to be critical of you, whether it's a win or a loss, but you got to learn from everything. And I, you do. And I, that's just kind of a simple answer, kind of a cookie cutter answer, but you learn from everything. But the most important one to learn will be Justin Fields. Let's try Zach. Zach is in Tennessee. Hey, Zach. Hey guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I uh, just want to say a couple words about Justin Fields. Uh, you know, I think it's just going to take time. And I know Chicago's quick to jump on him and kind of do what Chicago fans do, but it's just going to take time. If you look at his tape, and again, this is just a hobby, and I could be completely wrong, but if you look at his Ohio State tape, he's able to get through one, two, three. It's not a one and go, a one, two and dump off, or a one, two and go. He's able to get through those progressions just a tick slow. And I think over time, he's going to be able to uh, really move forward. And, uh, you know, not, not everybody gets to be Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones and come into the league and have that processing speed. It's not fair to judge him by that, that metric. Um, I also don't think that Bill Lazor is putting him in it. Well, I think Bill Lazor's actually done a much better job than Matt Nagy has, to be honest with you. But I don't know if you guys saw, it was second down towards the end of the game. They ran a dagger concept and, whoever it was that was running the in route ran about 25 yards. I, I, I don't understand that. That's not putting him in a position to succeed. I really think that the intermediate routes are the way to go. Um, but and here, last thing is I heard the uh, high school all-star a few minutes ago call in and talk about rolling him out and doing that, that whole thing. And I understand. I understand he's an athletic guy. But if you read a lot about what Ryan Day had to say about him, him going out at the crack of dawn, practicing with him at 5 a.m., Justin Fields actually really likes to be in the pocket. He's kind of a pocket guy first in a Donovan McNabb sort of way, I guess. And then he'll go, and that's fine. But I don't have a huge problem with with keeping him in the pocket. And I actually think kudos to the offensive line of the day. 
did a reasonably nice job in, in pass protection today, albeit with Kenny uh, Clark out for most of the game. Anyway, just uh, looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. I appreciate you having me. I'm a little nervous right now. Uh, no take problem. care. Thank you for your Thanks, time. Zach. Don't be nervous. Thanks, Zach. Go ahead, Molly. Well, I, you know, I, I think that um, I think there's a lot of different. I think when we look at this game, I, I think that you're gonna you're gonna try to figure out exactly um, wh- why they didn't score more points as much as anything. And I think that that that's the thing that will always come back to you whenever you're talking about a football game where you manage 14 points. I mean, it's great they had two long series. I, I don't know that you blame that on the quarterback. You blame it on the play caller. You blame it. This is – we've been talking about this for as long as Matt Nagy's been here. You know, the first half of his first season, they scored some points and they looked pretty good. And and since that point, they have failed to score touchdowns. They did it during a three-game period at the end of last year, but that was against some of the worst defenses in the yeah. NFL. And I, I think that the problem that the Bears have, and, and it was very pronounced being at home, is that not only did they not uh, were they not able to score points, but they were facing a team that was – I, I felt the Packers really did not have the strength of their team together. They weren't necessarily um, – they, they didn't have – they weren't kind of running on all cylinders in any yeah. way. Their defense is compromised. They've got some problems on their line. They, the You know, the uh, – uh, what's his name? The center went out fairly Myers. early. Yeah. I, I think as you as you look at that, they still managed to score fairly easily. We talked about this on the pregame show. They were going to need 24 points. Mm-hmm. They were ne- they never did anything that made you feel like they could actually get to 24 points. Even as we go back and pick it apart and talk about the end of the half and you should have had a field goal there, could have had another field goal before the two sacks, that still doesn't get you that's to 20. 24 points. That's 20 and that's not good enough. You're 100% right. I mean, it's, it's, it's about scoring points, and that's what Matt Nagy was here to do. But we have to step back now, I think, and be realistic with Justin Fields. This is about his development. And then you've got to figure out a way right now to score points with him behind center. They did it okay the last two weeks, but Green Bay is a little bit better defense. And, yeah, they did have some guys out in the secondary. But um, me right now, it's all about the development of Justin Fields. That's what, it, that's what it's about. And you were hoping maybe he catches fire a game or two and – and can get you up to 25, 30 points. But what gets me excited, and it's against lesser talent or equal talent, he won two games that he started. So that's two NFL games he's won as a rookie so far. They're three and three. It's early. And I just think that there's going to be a lot of progression this year, as this year goes along, the more snaps he takes. And I think we'll, 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 we're going to have those ups and downs. We'll have those bumps and bruises, those, those gaffes, those, those missed timeouts, the, delay of games or things like that, but it's going to get better. And I think we're just going to have to take that as it goes along. And I just don't know if scoring points is going to be the thing that this Bears offense is going to do. I think this is just on the Bears defense to hold teams to 20 or below. And that's just what's going to happen. But they played the Packers who score points with Aaron Rodgers. And that's, you're right, 24 points was going to be hard to do. But um, that's just what I believe about Justin Fields' development. And we thought, Pat, that, that going into the game, we really believed that they had to be able to steal some possessions. Yeah. And they had to do, you know, we, we had communicated this idea of like a fake punt, mm-hmm. something, some kind of unexpected play to get some points because they're just not there yet as an offense. And I'm right. sorry, you had a sixth-round pick running at, at uh, running back you know, you had a, a first-round pick, but a rookie at quarterback. They were just – it was going to be difficult for them to score points going into the game, and you felt stealing possessions, getting takeaways. And Nagy said that. That's what he's saying. He's saying he, – he's not saying, okay, the, the you know, the quarterback punted once. He's saying we got to take the ball away. we got to get more possessions. we got to limit their possessions. And they ultimately couldn't do it. Yeah, and it's, the answer your special teams call there that – the Packers are smart. You know, those coaches on the other side coach, they're smart. They, they didn't run. They knew that they knew that going to the game as well. So their punt return team was very safe looking. There was no yeah. way to run a fake punt. You're, if you're running a fake punt today, Chris Tabor should have been fired because there were some looks that you're really not going to to be able to run a fake punt. So those those you can't you couldn't steal a possession there today. And that's smart on um, I think his name's Carthage. What's his name? The, the special teams. Uh, Maurice Drayton, the special teams coach for the Packers. That's smart on him. So it's up to the defense to take the ball away. And they didn't do it. 
Fair enough. 312-644-6767. Back with your calls. It is the postgame show sponsored by MelMedChicago.com, where a full head of hair scores every time. We're here on the score. I think all of the timing routes I think we're good on, but I think the next step between uh, not only them, but all the receivers, all the tight ends is just when I'm scrambling, you know, getting that scrambling drill. So uh, we haven't really practiced that much. So I think that's going to be, be a big emphasis, you know, just, just scrambling back there and, you know, uh, uh, f- finding a way to get open. I think A-Rob did a good job on one play today uh, in, in, in scramble drill, uh, just, just finding space in the zone and uh, capitalizing on that first down. We're back with more of the Scores Post Game Show with Mully from the Mully and Haw Show and former Bears long-snapping Ironman Patrick Manley on Sports Radio 670 The Score, presented by MailMedChicago.com, where a full head of hair scores every time. Oh, yes, indeed, we're back on the Post Game Show. And, uh, and, and Patrick, I think it's kind of interesting when we... We look at uh, the the game that Devontae Adams had. He had, uh, what was it, 200 uh, receiving yards a week ago. He ended up with four catches for 89 yards, uh, and that was with uh, Jalen Johnson sort of running with him most of the game. Now, the, the one that killed was the 41-yarder, Mm-hmm. And we discussed that. <laughs> Not, maybe that wasn't necessarily Jalen Johnson's fault, but that E. Jackson got involved in that one. Yeah, that that, uh, that hurts. And that was a little bit of a scramble, right? I want to go back to what Justin Fields said there, too, because yeah. that was interesting. Talking about, you know, the timing routes and all that stuff he feels comfortable with. So, obviously, that is what they've been working on in practice all the time. He's a different player. You know, Olin talked about in the pregame of trying to – find an off-schedule play of trying to get him out of the pocket. Well, that's the scramble rules, and that's reps. That's time together. That's stuff they didn't get to get a chance to do during the preseason because he's working with the twos. So a lot of these ones, he didn't get a chance to do this. And this is part of his game, and I think that's what makes him great and can make him even better. You know, you see it with Aaron Rodgers. When he gets out of the pocket, he's scary. He's maybe more scary out of – I think his numbers, I don't know him exactly. Doesn't he have, like, better numbers out of the pocket than in the pocket? Yes. And you would hope that Justin Fields could do that, and a lot of that is time with the person, having the reps, going, uh, understanding where somebody's going to be, understanding where somebody likes to sit down if they're running a zone in the scramble rules. Are they going to keep running to the sidelines? Who goes long? Who comes up? I thought that was a very interesting quote, and that's a smart man understanding that, hey, when I got out of the pocket, I just couldn't find the guys. I didn't know where they were, but I think the more he does that and the more reps he gets with these guys, it'll be a bigger weapon, and he'll look a lot better. Cole Komet had four catches for 49 yards, which is, that's a good game, but yeah. that's also a career high for him. Isn't it a little surprising that that's a career high, the 49 yards? It is, and you do want to see more out of him. Again, he's another player that Ryan Pace coveted and got, and uh, he's supposed to be that dynamic player in this offense. I'm not saying he's a bust, um, but you do, you want to see more production. If that's, that's what that position is in this offense, is to be a productive guy, and you know, four catches. I don't know how many times he was targeted. I can't see it here, but, um, you know, you want to see a little bit more out of that. And then I did not like that dumb play where they shoveled it over to him and tried to block on the goal line and try to, you know, get him in there. I just, I don't like those plays. I know Olin yeah. doesn't either, but. They did like a diamond that? formation and then yeah. did For like. For some a little, reason, Matt yeah. Nagy, it just doesn't work. They ran the shovel pass against us that Matt Nagy loves and they walk in and run A.D. Jackson over. But when we <laughs> run them, they just don't work. And that comes down to execution and guys you know, getting on their blocks and doing the right thing, getting the right count, getting on the right guy. And for some reason, Matt Nagy's offense doesn't do it. It happened there. I don't know if it was Elijah Wilkinson or who was the receiver that got beat to, to get him tackled, for, you know, not going in the goal line. I, I just, some of these plays I don't get. Yeah. They look cute, but they just, some reason, they don't execute them properly. All right, 312-644-6767. Jeffrey is in Gurney. Good morning, Jeffrey. Guys, very disappointing. The game? No, yeah, no. I mean, you're right, but like this, are you, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we got you. Uh, first of all, who, who makes the decision to allow them to wear their home uniform in our in our stadium? <laughs> well, if they wore their away uniform, they'd both be wearing white, and you can't do that. Right. They, the Bears were doing like a throwback uniform yeah. with uh, the white, with the with the stripes on the shoulders and the helmet. So yeah. I think so ultimately that it goes allowed... down to the Bears. The Bears made the decision. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Do you, yeah. think, if the, do you well, think if they were wearing the navy blue, they'd have won the game? No. <laughs> I don't either. No. Um, the script was good. We won the first quarter. It looked like Mike Pettin was sitting in our press box. Um, it didn't. I don't know what the numbers will say, but they ran the ball too effectively against us. Um, the only way to beat them is to make their running game absolutely non-existent. Well, I, I agree with that one. That's yeah. going to be. I guarantee you, when they get in that get in those defensive meetings tomorrow, that's going to be, you know, one of the big things. And I know when guys get in their car right now and after games, I'll tell you what, guys, you, you get the, uh, you get the score sheet, you get all that stuff. All yeah. the players are looking at it. They want to know the totals. Right. They don't know the exact totals while you're playing, but when you get done, you see all the guys flipping through that. Uh, what do you call that thing? Molly, you guys get it as well. The, the, the book, the, the book, the stat yeah. sheet and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. you go to the certain page, you want to see what the halftime stats were. And then the final one, they're going to look down and see the uh, rushing yards, is 154. And that's right. for this group, that's unacceptable. And, and they'll know that. And that's going to really hurt them when they meet tomorrow. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think it's interesting because we talked about this idea that the the defensive line was going to be together for the first time in the way mm-hmm. that we envisioned when they went out and got Robert Quinn. You know, obviously, Eddie Goldman opted out and did not play last year. So we never saw And Quinn, you could argue, was injured most of the year. And, and we never saw those four players, particularly Mack and Quinn and Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman all together. And and you, when you finally saw that, I think, I mean, you got three sacks and they mm-hmm. came from the three big guns, right? You, you got one from Mack, who now has, I believe, six on the year. You got one from uh, Quinn, who has 5.5. And then you got one from Akeem. So I think that that went according to Hoyle. But maybe they were surprised by Green Bay deciding to run the football more. I, I'm sure they, the Bears wanted to go after them, and I'm sure that the backers wanted to protect their quarterback. And and when you know each time he was sacked, it's like he knew he was about to get hit, and he just went down. He yeah. did not mess around. You didn't really get like a clean shot on him, or you didn't really physically uh, kind of overwhelm him in any way. It was like on those plays, he knew it, and he gave you the nod, and and that was that. Um, It was weird. They never really got – I never felt the Packers had the passing game going to a point where they were dominating, but, man, they did run the ball well. I was surprised at how well they did. Yeah, and it kind of felt like that game last week, uh, what the Bears' offensive line did to the the Raiders' defensive line. To me, if a team comes out – and their game plan is to run, I think it's easier to adjust that than maybe if you knew it was going to be a heavy run game. And I'll give you an example. Remember the Patriots game? We played in Soldier Field in a big snow game. I forgot yes. what was that. Tuesday. So, you know, we practiced all week. We knew the weather was going to be bad. Next thing you know, they're throwing the ball everywhere on us, and we had a tough time adjusting. And you could see our guys like, well, we don't have the game plan for this. But I think uh, you can install a run-stopping game plan a lot easier than you can for a, a pass protection game plan. And then, a, and to me, a lot of – Run stopping, it's mentality. It's winning that one-on-one physical battle up front. They didn't run it with a spread, you know, uh, offense, and it was like, you know, five on four. It was some pretty heavy personnel. And it was, a you know, the full defensive lineman, full linebackers in there, and they just got beat up front. And there were some gash runs that, that make it look a little worse, but that comes from the uh, the ground and pound and the wear down on the guys that they, they hit them pretty good. They, the one power O, they all got washed down, and the linebackers got killed. And right. I think that was a 36-yard run. Um, so that, that to me is a mentality. You just physically got beat up front and that's never fun to, 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 to admit or to deal with the next day you go in for meetings. And, and you really, you really kind of had a bad, um, feeling about that in the first drive of the second half. Cause you yes. thought when you got to the locker room, some of those issues would be gone over and that would be the end of it. And then they came out and they were still running the ball against you. Yeah. And it, I said this at the beginning of the show, I, I, I want to go back and look at, because I hate to knock on Robert Quinn because he's been playing unbelievable. I don't know if yeah. he was a little injured or something. He came out after five plays, I think, on that first drive. Yeah. And I, I don't understand that. You're their best player right now on defense. You're one of the highest paid players. You just came out from halftime, and you can only play five plays in a row? I, I You know, it, Roquan Smith's still in there, and I, I think Akeem Hicks was still in there. I think Khalil Mack only played eight of the 11 plays, but I don't understand pulling yourself out. I, I, I just... I understand there's rotational things that go on, but it shouldn't be in the first series coming out of the halftime when you just had 15 minutes, you know, eating an orange slice 
And then you come out there for the first series after the <laughs> offense went, and then you pull yourself after five plays. I know that's being tough on them, but I just I, I don't understand that. I mean, that's it's every Sunday is it's it's you need to be out there, especially when you're if you're Robert Quinn. His hands were sticky from, from the orange slice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get to William. He's in Indy. Hey, William. Hey, hey. How you doing today, sir? Good, good, good. Turn down the radio so you can hear us. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It seemed, it seemed like we haven't, we haven't a problem putting up points, man. The defense didn't play too. The defense played pretty good today. I think they could have did better. But when is we gonna be able to pick the defense up and start scoring some points, man? Yeah, I, I think when you face a worse team. Here's the thing that bothered me is the Packers were pretty beaten up. You know, the Packers were missing some guys on that defense. And, you know, you thought that you could take advantage of some things and you seem to right away in the game. And then that, then you went into your little lull and it wasn't until uh, at the end of the game, you had another, you had two long drives and it both ended with points. And we know that that Green Bay defense they're terrible in the red zone. That that you know, if, if it if you want to hear something uplifting, you don't have to worry about them winning the Super Bowl because any team that's like fifteen and fifteen in the red zone is not going to be able to win a Super Bowl. They give up way too many touchdowns in the red zone. But having said that, you got to get in the red zone more. They don't give you. They don't let you just walk into the red zone. Unfortunately, and uh, and the Bears had a hard time doing it. Yeah, and I'm going through my notes here. I was swiping through the. Uh... The offensive series, and I was going backwards. There was a drop by um, Herbert on a third uh, a screen that could have been yes. a huge play. Yeah. Uh, Bird or Mooney dropped another one that could have been a first down, I believe. And then we haven't talked about this: the play-action pass that uh, Greg Olson pointed out that he missed Allen Robinson on. If he sees Allen Robinson, oh, that's God. another six or seven points. Yeah. So and he then they end up wide uh, open in the middle of the field, wide open. Yes. yes. And Pat looked like. It looked like he wanted to get the ball and he couldn't get it, and he stepped up and he couldn't get. It was like he there were tw- twice he was loading up to throw that ball, and he just couldn't get it, and then he threw it underneath pass. But oh goodness gracious, he was that was a broken coverage, busted coverage, and he is just standing there waiting to catch a touchdown pass. Yeah, I believe that was the last. Yeah, it was the last series of the first half, and that would have yeah. made a huge difference. That, that that you go in with a lead then, and then yeah, so that that's that stuff that happens and. I don't want to call it bad teams. That's you can't. You got to you got to hit on those. You got to make those easy catches. You got to find that that open wide receiver because that open wide receiver happens once a game maybe, and you got to find them. So that that's that's right there is where your points come from. You keep the chains moving on those two other drives, and then you you, you get you steal a six point you know touchdown there. All right, we're not going anywhere. We're going to stick with you. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. It's the post game show here on the Score. He's won a lot of games. He does a lot of good things. He dictates how things go at the line of scrimmage. And so he puts those guys in good situations. But um, we know that. We've, we've obviously faced him a lot. We see where he's at. Uh, and you, you gotta you gotta give him credit for that. He's a hell of a quarterback, and he's been doing this a long time. So when you are when you do have opportunities, you got to be able to make the most of them. And again, our, our players um, they'll go back and they'll look at the tape, and we as coaches will go back and look at the tape and and understand where we got to be better. We're back with more of the Scores Post Game Show with Mully from the Mully and Haw Show and former Bears long-snapping Ironman Patrick Manley on Sports Radio 670 The Score, presented by MailMedChicago.com, where a full head of hair scores every time. Yes, indeed, it is the Post Game Show on The Score, and uh, the number is 312-644-6767. That is the voice of Matt Nagy, and uh, that was him in the postgame talking about uh, about that game against that player, Aaron Rodgers. Um, and and I, I have to get the book and, and track this down, but apparently the Bears had four drives that ended in Green Bay territory without any points. So it's great that they got the two long touchdown drives, but it's a pity that they had four other drives that uh, end in Green Bay territory where they don't manage to get themselves at least a field goal. Yeah, you, you can't take those sacks. That's part of it, right? I think it's when Justin Fields yep. took two of those, at least, if I can remember right, that, that knocked him back and took those sacks. But I got a question for you, Molly. Being a former player and hearing what Matt Nagy said, we got to go back and watch the tape. Was that frustrating for you guys to hear 
coaches and players say that? Well, or is that just part of the business? Because yeah. you do understand that you, you, you see the game differently when you go back and watch it. Was that frustrating to you guys? Yeah, it was always frustrating because it seemed like you yeah. were – and, you know, what was really <laughs> frustrating was, was, like, especially with Nagy, and, you know, I wasn't writing during uh, that period, but when he would tell you that, you know, while I was looking down at my sheet, I didn't see that yeah, particular well that, yeah. play. You know, that that's – uh, you know there are there are plays that you know are momentum changing plays in games. Mm-hmm. Now it's not like college football. The NBA is uh, the NFL is so superior that that you know it, you don't usually see a play turn a game and and everything kind of fall apart. And I know that Darnell Mooney said that he thought one of the big plays in the game. And this is just looking online at, at various uh, reaction from the locker room. He said that he thought one of the big plays in the game was uh, was when they did not call the offside, and that Fields mm-hmm. ends up throwing that ball, thinking he has a free play, and it's an interception. And then the Packers go on to score 17 consecutive points. He felt that was a turning point. I can't I can't go along with that just because I don't believe that in college football maybe that had been a turning point. In the NFL, there are just too many ways, and it's too—it's a different sport, and there are too many ways where you can you can influence whether or not a team is going to continue to to beat up on you if they start doing that. So I I don't know that I buy that. I think that's a a different viewpoint. Um, but that was it was a bad play because that's one mm-hmm. of those drives into into territory where you where you think okay you got a good opportunity to to maybe get some points out of this. And instead, you you know, you think you have an advantage. You got to look for that flag. And and then when you talked about things that the quarterback can learn, to me, that's a huge one. Yeah, you've got to find that. But there, there's a guy on the station, Dan Bernstein, who doesn't uh, believe in momentum. And I do believe in momentum because at that point, they were kind of rolling a little bit. And I can understand where he's saying that, you know, it's that's heartbreaking. Yes, it's a long punt, but if you somehow, you know, if you do get the offsides and continue going, that momentum is rolling. They don't give the ball right away to them. So I, I agree with you that it's not changing the complete outcome, but I am a big believer when you get things rolling, like the two, the big two drives they had, they were rolling, right? They had the momentum going, they had the play calls coming in and, and, and they were hitting the right spots. And uh, so I'm a big believer in that. So I can understand why he says that Maybe maybe hurt him a little bit, but I think it hurt more of the flow of that drive. Obviously, it did because it ended up a turnover, but I don't think it changed the game. But I do believe in momentum and things like that can kind of, uh, you know, just get you just, you know, hiccup a little bit. And I think that's maybe what he's talking about. Yeah, that's fair. And, and that's a that's a fair assessment of it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, to me, I don't know that that was the turning point of the game. I, you know, I think that was a that was a bad moment where – you know, you really need to see the flag on the field before you go with it. I, you can't – you cannot, unfortunately, assume anything in an NFL right. game. Right, and, and you know what? I think I think if you looked at it, that I think the guy was offside. I, I think oh, they well. really – it was well, definitely – Yeah, no yes. question. But but nonetheless, <laughs> it's just, it's just a play you can't let have happen. No, it's a learning experience. Again, like we said, it's one of those learning experiences. You've got to find that flag or just be certain – Maybe you saw that referee's arm come up or something like that. But, yeah, you, you can't have that in that situation. But um, they're learning experiences. We had a we had a full game of, I think, of, of rookie Justin Fields, some throws and, and execution he made, some runs he made, some third-down runs he made going to his left. And then you saw some plays with him taking sacks and delay of games. And, you know, that's what we're going to get with him going, out, going forward. And let's just hope we get less of the bad and more of the good. Was there anything in that game that you felt was ultimately determinant? In other words, you know, we talked about, okay, you know, if you, if you had Montgomery, if he hadn't been hurt, if you had Damian Williams, you know, I don't know that that, that would have changed the game that significantly, frankly, Patrick. Yeah. But, but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just, I, I agree with you. And it, it, to me, the big deterrent was stopping the run. All right, but yeah. if you stop the run, does Aaron Rodgers become Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams do what he does to everybody else? You know, that, that's, that's the thing. Do they, do, they, do they take that away and say, all right, um, you know, we stopped this run, but darn, here goes Aaron Rodgers doing his thing. So that's, that's what's tough about playing these Packers. And I was impressed with their run game. I didn't think they were going to be able to run against this no. team, even if they lined up a little bit lighter. I didn't think they would be able to do it, but they stuck with it and they did it. And I think Akeem Hicks being hurt hurt him quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, if you stop the run, but then it scares you what Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams can do because they've done it to everybody else. They just 
They tried to stop. People have tried to stop the pass. They tried to double Devontae Adams. We talked about in the pregame. How do you stop him? You really can't. So, unfortunately, they got beat by the run. Um, I wouldn't be happy getting beat by either. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of shocked it happened that it was the run. So, I think Rodgers going into the game had 55 touchdown passes against the Bears to 10 interceptions. And, obviously, that wow. number improves to 57, and he did not throw any picks. Um, and they and they didn't throw any picks. He didn't really – they threw some slants, and they, they, they got the tight ends involved a little bit. They, they – there were some check – it wasn't like – it wasn't like a Rodgers, a typical Rodgers game against the Bears where right. he's just picking guys out and he's, he's you know, the guy is unbelievably accurate in his passing. We didn't, we didn't really see that element from him. But once they started running the game, you felt, well, he's now going to kill you with these slants and he's going he's gonna to beat you up with some of the underneath stuff. Well, let's look at the stats here. Devontae Adams went four for 89 with a yeah. long of 41. So right. that, that bumps up his average of 22.3 yards. The other guys, Aaron Jones, obviously running back, 8.5 out of the backfield. Alan Zard only averaged nine, point, uh, nine yards a, a catch. Amari Rogers had the one for 14. Robert Tanyan only had five yards, and then the other tight end four. So he really wasn't trying to go down the field like you're saying, and it says it there that if they stop that one 41-yard uh, long ball to Devontae Adams, then, then you know the Bears did a decent job of – I think they did a decent job anyway of holding him to, what was it, 100, 169 yards passing. Right. but. Um, yeah, I mean, they did a good job there, but it goes back to the run. They couldn't stop the run. And, and you know, unfortunately, I think that was a surprise for them. And, again, yeah. that's fine. You know, teams can come up with game plans, but when you're not adjusting things at halftime, I mean, how how did they come out? Can you see the yardage, the running yardage on the on, in the second half, that first drive? I, there, there were a couple of really – um, big runs in that drive that seemed to kind of fuel it. And that's what surprised me, the very fact that they couldn't get that done the way that I was expecting. It just bothered me. Yeah, let me, let me see if I can pull it here. Their first, their first drive, yeah, they had the uh, Aaron Jones had a 28-yard gash on the second play. You know, he had a little short completion to Adams, and then Aaron Jones went 28 yards on the second play, which surprised me. And then there was one later on to Dylan, what he had was like a 36-yard run on that power play, I think it was. And you, you, those are can't have that with that D line, and and, and that that's right. yeah, just kind of shocking. And I, I, to me, that hurt them. I mean, that that yeah. might hurt them more than than seeing Aaron Rodgers hit Devontae Adams for 41 yards because they weren't <laughs> expecting to be gashed with run plays like that. And and you know, I thought that the the pass interference call that was against the Packers on the touchdown that was erased, and it it I don't think ultimately it mattered, but um, but that that was an unbelievable throw for. Rogers. Oh my goodness! That was one of his. That was like a signature kind of Rogers play. And when they took that away, and you get ten yards added to it, you're thinking, "Wow, that really kind of bailed the Bears out." And now you're in a good position to kind of take control of the game. And and that never happened either. No, it didn't. And those throws are amazing. But the one that just popped in my head too, he threw it to Tanya, and that um, Alec Ogletree could have picked it off. Yes. Yes. That's where you it was steal. like a back shoulder yes. throw. That's the one where you yes. steal a possession from him. And unfortunately, they didn't make that play. But that's how you beat Aaron Rodgers. He takes those chances and you get lucky and come down with the, with the ball. And they didn't do it. That would have helped a ton. And that was one of those. I'm like, oh, there, nope, there it went away. But that would have been one of those, you know, sneaking a possession. I'm glad you brought that up because I really thought like Ogletree turned his body. was fit. He did everything oh, he was right, there. but get the ball. Right. And if he had gotten that ball, that might have been that might have been your change of momentum. That might have been a turning point in the game, frankly. Um, but unfortunately, you know, again, it, it was great that yeah. he was there and did the did something. But that's what you needed. You needed. That's how you beat Aaron Rodgers. That's how you beat him. You come down. You come down with that play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You beat him like that, and it, it's unfortunate that uh, that the Bears just couldn't do it. Um, you know, as I go over the things that we were talking about going into. Uh, the game, Patrick, we did talk about uh, Mason Crosby and and how that was working, the, the whole um, the whole operation. Uh, did you see anything different in that? Obviously, he had one field goal and he made it and uh, and he made his extra points. There was no issue with him at all. But uh, but we were hoping that might be yeah. a little bit of a problem, given the 
the wind and everything else at Soldier Field. No, there was there was more consistency was consistency between the snap and the holes. It just looked like it. I call it presenting it to the kicker. You know, you're presenting it, putting it down, and making it a lot more comfortable. And you know, Mason Crosby's kicked a lot of games in Soldier Field, so I don't think uh, coming into Soldier Field, a lot of kickers will come in and they. I remember we used to talk to Robbie and like, how do you kick here? Yeah. And they're like, what are, you, what are you doing with the wind in the north end? We're not telling you. Maybe, maybe we'll tell you after the game, but we're not telling you. But Mason Crosby, that's like a second home to him. He's played forever. He's played yes. there enough. So I think he feels very comfortable in there. And then he got his little operation fixed. So unfortunately, they did, and he looked comfortable. So, you know, you, you look at that, and now you're on the road again. You know, we have this bizarre schedule mm-hmm. where it is, you know, Bears at home, Bears on the road, back and forth. There's no, there's no game, there's no point where you have two games in a row at home mm-hmm. or on the road, obviously. And now you're traveling to see Tampa. We saw them play on Thursday night. We saw the quarterback uh, dominate that game, and and that was a game where they had different injuries, but they had a healthy quarterback, and Brady was was excellent in that game. How do you what what do you learn out of this game? that you somehow translate going down to Tampa? Stop Leonard Fournette? What, what do you do? Well, well, here's what's good. Let's talk about the Bears' offense. I think we, we were talking about that our identity now is they got to run the ball, and that's what their identity is. But I, if I remember right, I was trying to pull up the numbers here. Isn't Tampa one of the top deep stop, um, defenses uh, to stop the run in the NFL? I mean, their front is pretty strong. Right. So that, that's going to be a big battle for the Bears' O-line. I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball. And they got some really good linebackers. I we didn't think it was a good matchup last year, and they beat them. But they're going down to Tampa, a little bit of home field advantage. Um, this is going to be a big test. This is another litmus test for this team. Uh, this defense obviously has a lot uh, going against Tom Brady and, and, and how good he is. And he seems like that team seems like you said, Leonard Fournette. They have a game plan. They want to run the ball. They run it well. They want Tom Brady to throw for 400 yards. He'll throw for 400 yards. So this is a huge test for them. And let's see if they can come bounce back from this. But they're in a rough stretch right now. And uh, big test going, going against them down there. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they do bounce back and seeing if this defense can be elite. You know, they want to be elite. They've got some elite talent over there. They pay them like they're elite. What can they do with Tom Brady and this de- uh, their offense? It was interesting to hear Brady last year when they went on to win the Super Bowl talk about how that game against the uh, the Bears ended up being like a turning point for them because they lost that game in Soldier Field and they felt they should have won and they had to – turn some things around and change some things as a result of it. Um, do you believe that Brady is going to feel like he owes them one having lost last year? It's one of the few marks against them in that season. Um, how does that sort of thing play with a, a guy that's been doing it forever? Mike, I got to say yes. I mean, he had one of his yep. most embarrassing moments ever, right? Yes, he the did. Four with his fourth and fourth. Yeah, I mean, that's, he didn't know, you know where. A Hall of Fame, the, the GOAT, all that stuff. His most yeah. embarrassing moment, not the most, one of the most embarrassing moments was last year, and I'm sure that'll be brought up. That'll be talked about. Um, and that guy seems like he uses any little thing for motivation, and that's why he's so darn good. Patrick, thank you, buddy. Great fun. Enjoy it, uh, picking it apart with you. Want to thank the fine folks of our our sponsor, MelMedChicago.com, where a full head of hair scores every time. And the post-post game is coming up next. We are uh, we are now finished for the night i will be back tomorrow at 5 a.m make sure you get up early and listen to uh to everything going on here on the score i know you're on tomorrow right pat are you on i will be on at four o'clock with uh parkinson spiegel yes i'm beautiful okay and and we will talk to olin uh tomorrow as well so thanks to everyone thanks to to brandon fryer for his great work and uh and god bless us everyone oh my god the bears are losers sadly sadly have a good day, man. It's unfortunately, I had to lose the Packers, but we'll see what happens against the Buccaneers. <laughs> Always tomorrow. Yep. yep. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 